Welcome to Spirit Podcast, a boozy dive into mythology, legends, and folklore. Every week we pour a drink and learn about a new story from around the world. I'm Amanda. And I'm Julia. And this is episode 159, your urban legends number 29. Ooh, we're getting so close to that 30. That so ooks, ooks, close ooks. to the sexy urban legends the one. Sexy urban legends, which I've already pulled from our inbox to uh, to record. Now, yes, Julia did get the opportunity to search her inbox for the word sexy before I did. So, folks. If you have a good urban legend that seemed sexy and then wasn't or involved some amount of sexiness, or maybe you were trying to to have some intimate time with a close personal friend of yours and then something creepy happened, I need to know about it. You need to email me. You need to email me. Spearspodcast at Gmail. Maybe the ghost was just really hot. Maybe the ghost was really hot. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you want to date the ghost. Who's maybe to say? Maybe you want to be intimate with the Babadook, which was an email we got. Oh, didn't see that one. Oh, yeah. Spirit listeners, you're the best. I love you. You're wild. I love you all so much. Particularly our newest patrons, Amanda Meyer, Micah, John, and Hannah, who join the ranks of our supporting producer-level patrons. Philip, Megan, Deborah, Molly, Skyla, Samantha, Sammy, Josie, Neil, Jessica, and Phil Fresh. And our legend-level patrons who have all definitely dated a ghost at one point. Mm-hmm. Kylie, Charlotte, Kyla the Husky, Morgan, Emily, James, BME Up Scotty, Audra, Chris, Mark, Cody, Mr. Folk, Sarah, and Jack Marie. We love you guys, and we thank you so much for your support. Uh, Juliet, would you remind us what you were drinking during this Urban Legends episode? Well, Amanda, you actually brought the beer recommendation this episode, and you're going to tell us a little bit about it in the actual episode when we get back from the break. But it's a stout. It is perfect for this time of the year, and even I like a stout out, which is surprising because usually I don't like those heavy, heavy beers. Yes, it is definitely stout time of year. And I tell you about one of my absolute faves. And Amanda, can I tell you about something that is my absolute fave right now? Yes, you can. Um, I have been watching on the recommendation of Eric Silver, Dimension 20, specifically yes. The Unsleeping City. You can find it on YouTube, but they also have like the unedited, uncensored versions on Dropout, which is uh, it's the college humor's uh, online experience, right? Yeah, it's like their um, their membership kind of behind the paywall video programming. Um, I got a sale over Black Friday for just a dollar a month. And I got that one too. so good. We watched Unsleeping City over like one week in August. And now we're watching the older campaign, Fantasy High, which as a, you know, D&D player gives me so many good ideas and really gets me inspired. Yeah, it, I super love it. I'm up to the part where it's Misty's Broadway show. Yes. Yes, so I'm very excited. This campaign, folks, it's people like fantasy, you know, creatures and people with powers set in New York City. So they make references to different neighborhoods. The first scene takes place in Greenpoint, which is where the studio is. And it's so exciting. They have like a mini on the table, like a beautiful set that's that people construct. Um, and it's just it's absolutely wonderful. Brennan Lee Mulligan, who's actually very good friends with my college friend, which I, I did not realize. And I'm like, oh, my God, a little starstruck uh, is such a good DM. And all the players are hilarious. They really get into their characters. They role play so well. And it's super inspiring, particularly, Julia, because we're going to be doing a lot more D&D together than we have in the past. We are. I'm Do you want to tell excited. people why? Yeah. Uh, so Join the Party is just finishing up their first campaign. And in the next campaign, I'm going to be a player. Yes, you are. Fuck yes. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> it makes me so happy. I'm so excited to play with y'all. And I'm so excited to release my my chaos baby of a character onto the world. People are not even prepared, Julia. They don't even know what's coming. They're not. They're just not ready for it. But yeah, we uh, have just finished the first season of Join the Party. It took us two and a half years to do, almost three years to make. Um, it's, it's such a kind of bittersweet and exciting time. So if you haven't listened to Join the Party or you tried it and then you're like, no, I'll get to it later. It's a really, really good time to catch up. And we put together a page where you can like get really oriented, figure out how to listen to it. If you don't know D&D or you want to know how to play good news. We teach you how to play in the first couple episodes of the show. So all of that is at jointhepartypod.com slash start. Yes. And you should start today because it's a lot of fun. And I also guessed on a couple of episodes in the first season. So you did. You played a very uh, scary like artificer, which is like a a kind of steampunk demon uh, creator and extremely gay energy. It was very, very good. Thank you. I try my best. And finally this week, we want to let everybody know that we are coming back up to Boston. We're shipping up, as uh, the song would say, on May 6th. But the important part here, everybody, is not just that we are performing in Boston and not just that we are going to tell you all about mythological puppers, but that it's 
in a freaking science museum. We're going to the Boston Museum of Science, folks. It's such a good museum, too. Like, Boston has a lot of good museums. This is one of my favorites, for sure. And the fact that we're performing in there, wild. Absolutely wild. Can't can't believe it. Yeah, and we were connected with the museum through conspirator Jennifer S., who emailed us like, hey, I am a museum professional, not a librarian, but I don't know, if you want to come talk to my uh, museum colleagues about performing here, you totally should. So... Jen, you made you made it happen. You did it. Good job. You did it. You did it. And now we're going and we're going to be there. And I still can't believe it. Jen also included photos of Cooper, who is the world's oldest rodent and <gasps> lives at the Live Animal Center at the Museum of Science. Cooper. So, you know, it was just a wonderful email. And other conspirators, if you work at a venue that could possibly uh, want to have us talk there, you know, get in touch. We'll come. We'll, we'll just come. do it. We'll go. We love museums. And I think I might die after performing at one. So hopefully that doesn't happen. I like traveling to places. I do too. Hit me up. So if you would like to get tickets, they go on sale at 9 a.m. today, December 18th, 2019. The link is multitude.productions slash live. Go see us. It's going to be fun. But without further ado, we will now let you enjoy Spears Podcast, episode 159, Your Urban Legends, number 29. Guys, I I might be cursed, and I wanted to ask for some help. Okay. Oh boy. Oh no. So Interesting start. For the last forty eight hours, I have dropped almost everything I've picked up, and um, there is no there's no real reason for this. I did not strain any muscles. I have gotten enough sleep. Um, I've not like quit coffee or anything, and it is just complete. Like it's it's not neuromuscular. Like it, it's fine. Okay. But it is just for whatever reason. Um, I. I like forget that I'm holding a thing halfway through it or just like just put it down and then it just drops over. Like some of these times I have put that down. I should have stuck the landing. I did everything properly. And then the item just like fell over. And I don't know what's wrong. Have you considered poltergeist? Uh, I haven't considered it, Julia, but now I am and very well could be. Mm. No, I've seen the knives out. I think we've all seen knives out at this point. Yes. Oh, correct. yes, of course we have. So I think we can all I think we can sleuth this situation out. OK, Amanda. Please give us a list of the items you have dropped. Uh, oat milk. Oat milk. Now, the container of oat milk or yes. oat milk in a cup? The container. Okay. Okay. Did it spill or was it closed? Was it cardboard or plastic? It was a cardboard container with a plastic uh, like uh, screw top. Yep. I went to shake it before putting uh, some in my tea, which I'm holding right now, the evidence of the crime. Um, and then it went everywhere. And then in my uh, fear and surprise, I dropped it. <laughs> okay. Cool, cool. Uh, what that else? was one. Uh, I just dropped various random things. Like I was chopping uh, vegetables and just like dropped a bunch of them um, okay. on the floor. And some of them like rolled off my cutting board in a suspicious way. Uh, others, I, I just like was a, was trying to take them into the bowl and then they just dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, so mostly food related, I, I must say. Oh, so so we think that the poltergeist may be a food poltergeist. Maybe he wants some for him. Maybe he doesn't want me to have all of them. Maybe it's a spaghost being like, hey, why aren't you eating spaghetti though? Julia, that very well might be because with my allergy to alums and also to milk, I can eat almost nothing that's Italian. That is true. It's true. It's a real challenge. Oh, the spaghost's revenge. Uh, speaking of Amanda's food-related poltergeist, I have a poltergeist story for us. Ooh. Let's hear it. Uh, Amelia Black, uh, which she writes spooky, but no real surname, no real relationship to Sirius or Regulus. Thank you. Listen, Amelia, that's yours to identify and claim. Yes. Uh, But she sends a story when the subject line was just Christmas poltergeist. I want it. Uh, And it actually includes several different stories. So I will tell them they're all relatively short. So she writes, long time listener, first time emailer. I've got a lot of stories I want to share with you. So have split across several themed emails. So she has sent a couple of other ones. My granny sees ghosts, the Christmas poltergeist, which we will read now, and then Cornish myths and legends. I'm in the long, hard process of becoming an architect. Good luck. It's very difficult, but we're very proud of you. Anyway, I study at a great university in London, which pushes you pretty damn hard and generally causes you to forfeit your social life, mental health, and relationships. Please take care of yourself and take a nap. I am now entering my sixth year of this ordeal, but the story I want to share is from my first year of studying, setting the scene. I arrive on my 19th birthday to my new student halls. It's London, so it costs a fortune and it is a shithole, but I immediately love it. The freedom it represents, the excitement of a new phase of my life, and the fact that it's an old hospital building overlooking a graveyard. 
no, 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 no. As we've talked about before, it doesn't matter how haunted it is. Real estate is real estate. I say this as somebody who once lived on Byron Court in London, which is on um, Old Grey's Road. I think that's the name of it, Um, which was like, oh, yeah, that's the road you take to die to either go to the hospital or uh, afterward. I just want to be clear about this whole real estate is a real estate thing. This is only a case in like the the outlandishly expensive metropolises that you all live in. Yes. If shit's haunted in the Midwest, you could just buy a new house. Like there's real estate a plenty out this way. You guys are creating your oval by like living in very haunted, like high density cities. You got us there. I think that the Midwest is a fiction invented by boomers to convince millennials <laughs> that one may in one's life buy a house. The suburb the suburbs are a fiction created by boomers. But there yeah. are there are downtowns in the Midwest. We've been to one, I remember. I also want to fact check myself before you continue, Julia, that this was Gray's Inn Road, not Old Gray's Road, uh, which would nonetheless be a great uh, Lil Nas X remix. Um, I'm just going to give that one to you. And uh, yeah, there's just lots of uh, like hospitals, dental schools, and also law schools around the road. So it's like a, an institute of learning, which I guess I equated in my youth with death. Okay, fair enough. All right, I'm going to continue now. So Amelia continues, I arrive in my flat, see someone has already moved in, evident because there's food in the fridge, etc. Not that I've seen them. Eventually, ghost? <laughs> eventually, four other people arrive. They're all very nice, start unpacking, etc. And turns out I was the first to move in. They just hadn't cleaned the flat from last year's students. There were still <sighs> things in my room, hair on the floor, etc. This food and cleaning neglect is only relevant to explain the extent that our flat was, quote, our responsibility and no one from the university would ever come in. I see where this is going. Okay. Just want to jump in. Just want to jump in. Hair on the floor. Don't like that one. Like the rest of it, I don't like to begin with. But hair on the floor is a very specific detail that reminds me of like one of the Japanese grunge ring horror films okay, more than anything. Fair. I as a as a shedder with long hair, I uh, <laughs> I disagree. But that's just my truth and my life. As living with with my girlfriend who also has long hair, I get that there's. But like, it's just not everywhere. It's just not like there's not just hair. I mean, maybe it is in your case, but like in our house, like there's hair sometimes, okay. but like to the point where like you would walk into a new place and be like, there's hair all over the place here. <laughs> That's not That's a what thing I you don't notice. Like about it. That yeah. seems like a, that seems like a big problem. I am most um, annoyed by the food in the fridge because like best case scenario, it's been several days since the last kids left. Worst case scenario, it's been summer term since those kids left. Yep. Don't like that. Um, moving on. Fast forward to three days before Christmas. Over the past few months, I've befriended the flatmates and then become engrossed in the impossible workload of architecture and isolated myself from them slightly. Everyone leaves to go home for Christmas, term ends for normal students, and they have a month holiday. Not for architecture students. If it's not a named day, we're being taught. I like that. Why? If it's not a named day, we're being taught. Okay. So I'm all alone in the flat, staying awake crazy hours, going to sleep at 5 a.m., waking up again at 8 a.m., etc. And one day I get up and go to the kitchen and everything is terrifying. Mm. All six of the kitchen chairs were stacked in a pyramid on the kitchen table. This is straight out of Poltergeist and I'm not about it. No. Oh, no, no, no. The doors to all the cupboards were open, and the contents of our individual cupboards had been mixed up and separated into pyramids or stacks of plates, cups, knives, forks, bowls, pans, etc. Not only this, but the windows, which had been impossible for us to open as they were old and stiff, had been opened to their fullest, overlooking the graveyard, by the way. No, 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 no. Burn it down. Quit your program. Move away. Also, the fridge and freezer drawers were open, the washing machine, and microwave doors, too. I assumed it was a flatmate messing with me, but Instagram checked out. They were all home spread across the UK and Berlin. I like that Instagram came into play here, being like, no, 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 they took a picture in Berlin. Modern hauntings. If someone had come in to do a termly clean, the kitchen wouldn't have been so filthy still, and the cupboards wouldn't have been emptied onto the dirty countertops. And why would it happen between 5 and 8 a.m.? 
I like that. This massively gave me the spooks. I immediately called my spiritual granny. See, my granny sees ghosts for background. I will read it another time for sure. And she immediately paid for a train ticket home for me. It still spooks me out to this day. Still have graveyards, though. Thanks, Amelia. That was an incredible story. That was great. Oh, man. Brought back so many memories of my my, uh, London flat. I'll spare you all the details, everybody, but know that the shower head was, I measured, five feet, six inches off the ground. <laughs> I am five foot ten. So I'll let you. Also, the 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 size of the shower was like an end table. It was like fully maybe like 18 inches on each side. I had to shower uh, with the door open, which was just a fun experience for me. Unacceptable. I've got a tale of real life babes in the woods. Ooh, I love babes in the wood. Tell me more. Yes. This comes to us from Carrie, they, them. I'm a huge fan of your podcast from Norwich in the UK, and I would love to share with you the tale of the babes in the wood. (gasps) This story is something I had heard before and is a quite well-known 16th century legend in England, and I'm terrified of children ghosts. Who isn't? I mean, that's pretty much the the new arc of spirits, is creepy yeah. children yes. being mm-hmm. bad. I mean, creepy children are terrible, and we should stay away from them. But I never realized that this story was local to me. That is, until I was waiting for the bus one day and struck up a conversation with an old man. I told him that I was waiting to catch the bus to visit some friends in Wadden, a small town about an hour or so away. The old man proceeded to tell me the legend of the babes in the wood, which goes like this. Okay, hold on. I feel yeah. like there is a scale of creepiness and it starts with creepy children and it mm-hmm. ends with old men telling creepy stories. But this is like, I don't know. This is like an old man at a bus stop telling you the creepy that, that's story. That's not less creepy. Yeah, no, it's still yeah. creepy. Bus stop, sure. liminal space. Man, could be a fairy. You don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. According to local folklore, there were two small children aged one and three who were left in the care of their uncle following the death of their parents. It is believed that the family in the story is based off of the real-life de Grey family. Their uncle lived in a big hall on the edge of a woodland called Wayland Woods. It is said that the name Wayland derives from wailing, as many locals out the years have reported strange cries and screams <gasps> from the woods. Yes, excellent. Another theory is that it was named Wayland by the Vikings, which is a place of worship and where they would sacrifice babies to appease their gods. Less, less awesome. It sounds like an oversimplification in some way. The young children were, were set to inherit their parents' fortune when they reached the age of 21. But 21, that, that seems, seems too like, old. like a bad Too young, age. too young. I'm glad all of us pictured that and we're like, wait, wait. you said too young? Oh, yeah. We're on team too old. No, we're here. on too old. Like, we're talking about wait, like what? the 16th century. I was surprised they didn't give them the money at like 12 oh, because 16. they're going to die in like seven you years. Are completely right. I am reading an Agatha Christie novel set in the 40s where there's a bunch of like adult children just waiting for their dad to die because they get the fortune upon his death and not at like 40, like a normal trust. Yeah, no, not good. No, yeah. 16th century, you want to get that money as early as possible because you're barely going to make it to I'd be a rich baby because you're not going to have time to be a rich adult. Hold on. I know people are going to probably disagree with us on Twitter about this. The reason that the... (laughs) That doesn't sound right. That's fine. (laughs) The reason that the like... Life expectancy for the Middle Ages was so like middling was because of the high rate of child death and not because like people were only living to 30, but rather like people were living normal like 60s, 70s. uh, But then there were so many child deaths that everything is kind of in the middle. You know what I mean? I thought it was because they didn't know how to count right. No. And they no. just were like counting too quickly. No, we They're figured like, okay, out that's time. another year. <laughs> we figured out time. Don't no. worry. People people did lead what we would think of as average lives, uh, lifespan wise. But yes. I know. Still though, like nothing nothing is uh, predictable in in any stage of life. So That's true. My thing though is if if there are ways to spend that money super frivolously, you gotta have some protections in there. But in the sixteenth century, like, what are you gonna do? You can't even buy books. 21 also just seems so like a modern age compared to it does like I feel like yeah. 18 16 that's what I'm saying like 16 feels like you yeah. become a, an adult people at this got point, married at that, at that age yeah yeah anyways back back to these children the young children were set to inherit their parents fortune when they each when they reached the age of 21 as we said 
But if they died before this time, the fortune would go directly to their uncle. Filled with greed, the uncle decided to dispose of the children mm -hmm, to mm -hmm, claim mm -hmm. the fortune for his own. Of course. He hired a common thief, a cutthroat, <laughs> to take the two children into the woods thief. and murder them. When making the Multitudio, we we got some uh, just like very cheap like two by fours and stuff, and they were labeled in Home Depot as common boards. And I was like, "Oh, Home Depot, we're not good enough for your fancy boards." Like shade. what? It just it felt it's it's like a term in carpentry, but it it was so funny. It's it's not a rare board. It's not a shiny board. No it's a common board. Not even average board. Just a common board. <laughs> However, it is said that the children's innocence and purity touched the heart of the cutthroat. Unable to bring himself to kill them, he abandoned them in the wood. Oh, this is very Snow White. I'm into it. Of course, the children were very young and were unable to find their way out of the woods. Of course. The legend goes that they died in each other's arms from exposure oh, no, and sad. starvation no. under an oak tree. Worse. Worse. Where the robins cover their bodies with leaves oh, a little in an better. attempt to keep them warm. Again, very Snow White. <laughs> at, at night, the old man told me, you can see the wraiths of the two small children in between the trees walking hand in hand, just out of the corner of your eye. They are said to be trying to find their way out of the woods that they are now doomed to haunt forever. Mm -hmm. He said that he has heard eerie wails of the children crying out for help. It's safe to say that I was absolutely shook by this story and now... And now I know never to make conversation with old people at bus stops. Mm -hmm. Yes, correct. I definitely Don't needed a strong drink when I got to my friend's house. Even after 450 years, the story is remembered and in fact immortalized in the town sign. Uh, and they've put a link <gasps> to the town sign, which we'll have in the show notes. Uh, and it depicts the two children laying under the oak tree. No, why would you immortalize that on your town sign? I'll send you guys. Oh, the... Yeah, I want to look at it. Aw, it's kind of sad. Carrie sent us this image via Bing. <laughs> I just want to point that out. Listen, we're not here to judge people and their, their choices in search engines, okay? I'm not judging. Right. I'm letting the audience judge. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, guys, is it is it worse that the kids are like alive and cherubic or that they are not sleeping soundly in death under the tree? I pictured them sleeping soundly, and I was like, oh, okay, fair enough, bittersweet. No, these kids are, like, alive and vital. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, if we can bring them back via art, that's something, at least. You don't have to make the art as sad as the story is. That's true. There's also a hare jumping under them, and he's jumping over, like, a a potato? What is that? I have no idea. Hold on, I gotta look I at it I truly don't have a clue. I think it's an olive. An olive? Oh, it looks kind of like an olive. There there aren't olives in the UK. Olive trees, I mean. Oh, no, I think it's an acorn, maybe. Like out of the... Acorn. Mm. Could be a bad loaf of bread. <laughs> Fair enough. Interesting interesting choice. We'll, we'll get a little Instagram going for this uh, episode, and we'll get this image and a few more from this episode. So check out at Spirits Podcast on Instagram. And Amanda, you got a story for us? I sure do, uh, folks. And I'll give you a choice. Do you want... A campus horror story compilation. That's all bathroom themed. Do you want a short story that has to do with a blockbuster? Or do you want um, at night a mistake from my childhood comes out to torment me? Oh, no, those are all very good. I think I'm tempted by bathrooms personally. Mm, see, I want the blockbuster now and then I want to end the episode with the compilation. Okay. But Julia picked the other one. So, so do, do as you please, I guess. All right, I, I'm going to stay in the play in the space and then we'll get into the serious horrors after our refill. Cool. So this is I Predicted My Baby Sister's Birth at a Blockbuster. Huh. Take that in. Uh, comes from Shaylee, she, her, who says, Hi, I'm a new listener and absolutely adore your podcast. I found you guys through your collab with Analyze This. Aww. I particularly enjoy the Urban Legends series and I've been wanting to write in for a while now. This is a true story of me, a certifiable creepy kid TM. Ah, oh, so many creepy children. I've always been very sensitive to energies of both this world and others. I have dozens of stories of encounters, and I will absolutely write in on those another time, but this is by far the strangest and most notable. When I was just a little over three years old, I'd already been labeled as a stone-cold creepy kid TM. That's the... Uh, girl. <laughs> like the grudge-level creep. 
I often told my parents and grandparents that their recently passed relatives were in cars or rooms with us. And on more than one occasion, would leave space in my bed for my great-grandfather, who had Uh, passed when I was young. No. Which, looking back, is fully terrifying. Yeah. All right, guys. And I'm going to read this next sentence. And I just need you to bear with me. And then we're going to talk about it, okay? Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. One day, I was playing in a blockbuster ball pit. A joy our children will never know. (laughs) Okay. What? Did your blockbuster have ball pits, Eric? Blockbusters had ball pits. No, No, they they didn't! didn't. They did. No. They didn't have like large ball pits, but they were definitely... I mean, my local blockbuster did not, but I... I'm fairly confident. I remember like some of them having, they didn't have like full like McDonald's size play places, but I think a few of them did have like small ball pits. This is like like like, telling me that a Chuck Entertainment Cheese had like a gourmet salad bar. Like this is, this is so anachronistic to me. Wait, hold on. Julia's mouth is covered in horror. I, I, I looked at a thing called factfiend.com. In 1994, Blockbuster invested millions developing an idea it dubbed, quote, the Blockbuster Block Party, which was basically consisted of filling a giant building with tons of awesome shit and making it so that only adults were allowed inside. A Blockbuster. To test the idea, <laughs> Blockbuster built two test facilities that were each roughly the size of an entire... And this is quoting the article, fucking city block, hence why they were called block party, and crammed them full of tons of adult-sized slides, games, and fast food restaurants that only served adult-sized meals that still came with toys. These facilities contained arcades, rides, cinemas, laser tag, and even a gigantic play area filled with ball pits, tunnels, and big foam blocks that glowed in the dark. On top of this, the facilities were open after dark, at which point they turned down the lights and played thumping techno music while beaming lasers everywhere. I I feel like it, this is an alternate reality that um, I did not get to experience. I'm overwhelmed right now. I'm so... What's happening? My life, I, is, my life is a lie. Shaken. I'm shaken. Do you guys remember when like Chuck E. Cheese decided to get into laser tag? That sucked. Those laser, t- they had like a men in black laser tag theme what? from like the cartoon show. That's so ass. cool. No, it was no good. Oh, it was no. actually no good. I uh, I wasn't old enough and my mom thought it was germsy. Never went well, to Chuck E. Cheese. It kind of was. D- I mean, yeah. Chuck E. I don't think there was a single time as a child I did not throw up at Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. But that's because you ate really bad pizza and a lot of soda and then you ran. You did what, what colloquially now is a bit insensitive, but you did you did a soda suicide in which you did all the sodas. Oh, no. Oh, no. And you mixed them all together and then uh, you uh, you drank it and then you ran around in the ball pit and all the, all the tubes and then you ran to the bathroom. You made a child size mistake. That was my local, that was my experience. You know, Schneider, that, that doesn't sound unlike my 21st birthday at uh, at Barcade here in Brooklyn. It, it really is. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's return to Shaylee's story. Uh, Shaylee, you did not know that you were shaking my whole foundation here with the Blockbuster Ball Pit, but here we are. One day I was playing in a Blockbuster Ball Pit with two young sisters close in age to me. I turned to one of the girls and cheerfully said, do you love having a sister? I'm going to have a sister soon. My grandmother overheard me and immediately pulled me from the pit. Furious, she took me home and proceeded to call my mom, accusing her of keeping her pregnancy a secret. My mom responded, saying that I was just a child making up stories to make friends and assured my grandma that she was neither pregnant nor keeping anything else from her. Mm. Later that evening, she brought me into her room to discuss why it is important not to lie. I began to bawl, and I then professed my first and so far only prophecy. She asked me, why would you lie? And told me firmly that good girls don't make up stories. I finally burst and told her, I'm not telling a lie. An angel told me that I was going to have a little sister with brown eyes and blonde hair. Boy. Understandably freaked, my mom took a pregnancy test. She was in fact pregnant at the time of this prophecy. Weirder yet, my little sister does indeed have brown eyes and blonde hair. I've attached an image for your reference. Oh my god. I have no memory of an angel, just a sensation of knowing without a shadow of a doubt that this was true. As an adult, my experiences have become far less frequent and intense. This is one of my favorite kind of creepy kind of cool stories to tell, and I hope you enjoyed it. It was fantastic. Definitely creepy. Blew my mind with the ball pit and blockbuster. Really just 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah. 
Thank you, Shaylee. After that uh, ball pit, I am going to need to reconvene, make a little, I don't know, adult punch of my own. Guys, will you join me in the kitchen for a refill? Yeah, let's go grab one. Sure will. Julia, we are sponsored this week by Third Love, which is a company that tries to make the perfect bra for every person who needs one. They are designed to fit uh, like real bodies. So they surveyed tons of people, took different measurements and then made bras not based on the sizes that already exist out there, but ones that people actually need. So that includes half cups. That includes a really, really good fit finder quiz. So in just 60 seconds online, you can answer some questions. It's actually pretty fun. And like I said, really quick. So stuff like the shape of your breasts and the size of the one that you have right now and whether or not it fits you well and where exactly it is good or bad. All these little details really help you make sure that the bra you order is going to fit you well. But just in case they have a perfect fit promise, which means that every customer has 60 days to wear, wash, like really put that bra to the test in your everyday life. And if you don't love it, you can return it. They will then wash it and donate it to somebody in need. Yeah, and honestly, they're probably some of the most comfortable bras I've ever worn, and that's what they're going for. They have straps that won't slip. They have tagless labels, which for me is a huge, huge thing. Like, I can't, if it's got a tag, I just start to itch immediately. (laughs) I've never had that problem with Third Love stuff. It's great. And they have these super lightweight, super thin memory foam cups that are like molded to the shape of your breast. So it's always like the right shape for you. It's never like too saggy or like you're spilling out of it. And Third Love knows that there is a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash spirits now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. Yep, that's thirdlove.com slash spirits for 15% off today. Thanks, Third Love. Amanda, you will not believe the class that I found on Skillshare this week. What is it? Our good friend, Julia Tertian, who was on the show talking about bread, has a class all about easy and versatile baking, the one yeast dough you'd need to know. What? Incredible. It's so, so cool. And like as someone who is very intimidating by baking and specifically baking with bread, this was a revolutionary class for me. And I found it on Skillshare. Julia, that's amazing. Everyone knows that Skillshare is home to like thousands of classes on everything from business stuff to creativity stuff to just lifestyle and home stuff. But I never thought that I would have a friend of the show, a previous guest, teaching me about something that I really do want to learn more about, and that's baking. I know. And you finish out the class by learning her recipe for raspberry jam buns. And I was like, oh, Julia, my heart, my whole heart. I know. She's like one of the best Instagrams in the world. And if I can make something even a little bit close to the beautiful stuff she posts, I will be very happy. As you all know, Skillshare is an online learning community for creators. They have over 25,000 classes, as Amanda mentioned, and they are there to fuel your curiosity, your creativity, and your career. If you're not interested in taking classes by Julia about how to make the perfect yeast dough, I don't know what to tell you. But they also have classes in stuff like social media marketing, mobile photography, creative writing, and even illustration. And Amanda's plant class that she recommended last time. I'm still blown away by that. It is so good. And they are long-term sponsors. We love working with them. So if you go to Skillshare.com slash Spirits 2, that's Spirits and then the number 2, you can get two free months of Skillshare Premium. That gives you access to all of the classes they have to offer. Yep, that's Skillshare.com slash Spirits 2 to start your two free months of Skillshare right now. Skillshare.com slash Spirits 2. And finally, we are sponsored this week by Acoustic Geometry. What is this company, you may be asking me? Well, they're the ones who helped us make our studio here in Brooklyn sound like it is not in the middle of New York City. (laughs) They are soundproofing and room treatment vendors for everything from your home office to your restaurant to your professional recording studio. And they helped us make this studio way better, way quieter, and way more awesome than we even could have imagined. Yes, I walk into that studio and it feels not only like I'm at home, which is great, but also like I can't hear the outside. It's wonderful. And the outside can't hear me as much. And that's all you really want when you're recording a podcast. 
Yeah, they offer a ton of amazing help. Like they have a really amazing customer service. You can call them, you can email them and ask them questions and advice on what it is that you need to do. They also have a ton of really great resources. They have YouTube videos that taught me all about what soundproofing actually is and how to reduce sound. It's not just like, hey, put a put a blanket up there and then it'll be better. But they really share an ethos with Multitude, which is that educating everybody on the thing that you are good at helps them understand more, helps them make better choices. And it's just a good thing to do for the world. Yeah, theory is so important and acoustic geometry understands that. Totally. And I can't even tell you how the studio sounded before because I just I have no memory of it being bad ever since we got this acoustic geometry room (laughs) treatment kit. All I need to do right now is concentrate on making the best podcast I can possibly make. And I don't hear anything except Julia's melodious tunes in my earbuds. It's the cutest thing I've ever heard my entire life. So Acoustic Geometry, check them out if you have any needs around soundproofing, sound treatment, anything to do with your room acoustics. That's AcousticGeometry.com. And now let's get back to the show. All right. We are back from the kitchen. Amanda, you brought the beer this time. And I typically am not a stout person, but wow, this is good. Yeah, this is uh, uh, Eric Silver's favorite beer. It is Westbrook's Mexican Cake Stout. Um, They come in, I guess, 20-ounce bottles. I'm not sure. I can't read the ounce size, but it's like one and a half servings uh, if you split it with a friend, or you can just get one and and enjoy it all night long. Yeah, and it's aged with cocoa nibs, vanilla beans, cinnamon sticks, and fresh habanero peppers. It is uh, incredibly good. It really tastes of the things that's in it. It's not like just a stout and then mildly. It's like there could be a little bit of chocolate in here. It's like serious business. I, it's fantastic. I am all for it. And it's the perfect thing for like a like a night in by a toasty fire, something like that. I think so. I, uh, I enjoy that it doesn't put you to sleep like most stouts will put me to sleep. But there's a little kick there to kind of keep you going. Heck yeah. Well, I'm keeping you all in suspense. Would you like to hear this bathroom-related campus uh, ghost compilation? Yes, obviously. Yeah. This message comes to us from Eve, she, her. Hi, I've heard some very interesting personal horror stories in Hometown Urban Legends episodes, and I thought I could chime in. My campus has quite a few horror stories despite being young, so I thought I could share some now. I love when it's like, ah, yes, this place is only 10 years old, and yet the ghosts. It really says something about your hauntings. Mm Mm-hmm. So some time ago, an Instagram account of an alumni from my university who posts conversations are uni students that they overhear about or in our campus. Things like, hey, I didn't see you in next exam. Isn't the exam tomorrow at 8? No, it's today at 8. Fuck, I missed my exam. Or I need to go to the library to get a reference for my paper. I only go to the library to nap, lol, etc. I, I love the overheard on whatever campus accounts. They're always It's incredibly good. good. It's incredibly good. I'm like, I've been, I graduated... I don't know, what year is it? Five years ago. And I am just now far enough away from that experience to like start to have some humor about it. Um, so I, yeah, overheard NYU accounts are, are serious business. College students are big dummies. Yeah. Especially out of context. This Instagram account posted a bunch of stories about the spooky things students saw, heard, and experienced in our campus. People DM'd the admin of the account, and they posted all of the experiences that were pouring in onto their story. For a while, the admin put all of those in the highlight, but they've since gotten deleted. But I remember a ton of them because they are very vivid and super scary, so I thought I could share them now. Dang, all right. Hit us up. Eve was like, I'm sorry I don't have screenshots. They're also in Indonesian, so I don't know if you would have enjoyed them. Um, <laughs> Probably can't read Indonesian, to be fair. All right. We have her here to, uh, to recount them instead. Thank you, Eve. So first, a little background about my uni and the area. It's fairly new, but it's quite large, considering. It's maybe only about 10 years old, but we already have four interconnected buildings. They're like A, B, C, and D, plus a parking area, an outdoor basketball court near the parking lot, and plans to build more. The area where the building stands also hasn't been developed for long. Before, most of the area was wetlands and rubber tree forest. Now, a lot of people in my country believe places like forests host a lot of supernatural beings, spirits, or otherwise. And a driver of an app that's basically like Indonesian Uber once told us that it's not uncommon for people to dump corpses in the area when things were politically and socially tumultuous only a few decades ago. Cool, 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 like a weird, like, specific time where it's like, you know, it's a bit politically tumultuous. Time you to know, dump those bodies. Early 90s, yeah. <laughs> like, the, everything's called down. No more corpse dumping. 
Moreover, people that live here often light up incense because the vast majority are Chinese Indonesians and they want to pay respect to their ancestor spirits. But I believe the incense may, like, quote, feed the surrounding spirits as well. There are a lot of weird stories in the area in general. Interesting. I like I like this theory. I like this. uh, The UPG, as we call it, the unverified personal gnosis. (laughs) Do we, Julia? Yes, we. I don't know. I do it. <laughs> well, I appreciate Eve bringing some spirits level like analysis of this uh, this whole setting. Really appreciate it. Heck yeah. So there are some common stories that happen with a lot of uni students. For example, the hand dryers in the toilet often go off by themselves, even though there's no one nearby. Mm-hmm. But we often think that's probably just because of wonky sensors, right? Sometimes people in the stalls also hear someone rapping at the door. But hey, maybe that's just someone checking if the stall is occupied. Sure. Now, A, I thought this was the bathroom door. The stall door? That's a lot closer. That's a lot more serious and creepy. I feel like if it's if it's a, a single-use bathroom, a single-stall bathroom, true. you know, that could be. That's, that's equally, like, the same equidistance from the toilet to the door as, say, like, a multi-stall bathroom, yeah. you know? Which all bathrooms should be, not just because of uh, gender equality, but also because it just reduces the amount of social uh, anxiety I have when entering public bathrooms. Yeah. I guess. Amanda, Amanda just dra- drawing from her social anxiety for a moment being like, oh, okay. I mean, I don't know. Where do I stand if it's occupied? If I'm not sure, do I touch the door? Do I just be like, hello? Like it's, yeah, no. I usually just touch it to see if it swings open or not, like gently. And then if it yeah. doesn't, I move on. I'm also tall enough that I see over the stalls of some bathrooms. Oh, and that's no. just a bad thing that's that you might bad. not have experienced, Julia. That's, I've <laughs> never experienced that my entire life. Oh yeah, no the uh, the stalls at Sacred Heart, like like five foot eight, not enough. Oh, oh no, bad. But after seeing the Instagram stories, we're not so sure anymore that our theories are right. For starters, the hand dryers go off by themselves way too often, and the sound of someone knocking on toilet stalls also happened to someone who spent a night at campus due to club activities. Very clearly stated that they went to the toilet alone, but it was at midnight when their buddies were all asleep, and they didn't hear the toilet door open. Oh, no, that's bad. I've also seen the hand dryer go off by itself, both when I was with my friend and when I was alone. In both cases, we were standing like meters away from the dryer, so we couldn't have set them off. I'm trying to think. I'm just like, maybe it's the pipes. Maybe the pipes are rattling and you think it's someone knocking on the the door. But oh, oh, no. Oh, oh, no. At this point, Eve realizes where she's going and says, you'll get a lot of creepy toilet stories, I guess. Basically, all toilets in my campus are creepy for some reason. Fair, yes. A girl shared that she and her friend were in the C building toilet, but they didn't specify which floor. She was waiting for her friend to finish up, and she played with the light switch, flicking it on and off. That's just mean. The friend told her to stop, but she didn't. Uh, But it's mostly in good fun. They were just joking around, etc., etc. She and her friend were laughing when they heard a third voice join in. Oh, And they went silent because they knew they were the only ones in the bathroom. I hate this. So they finished ASAP and basically ran off to class. Bathrooms are the worst because I feel like you're at your most vulnerable. Yeah. And there's already that element of like you don't like it's it's constructed for privacy. You cannot like survey the room. Nobody talk to me. I'm on the toilet. Horrible. Don't like it. Don't like it one bit. A teacher once shared in his personal Instagram account that he went to the toilet, not sure which building because he didn't specify, and saw that the lights were off. It was noon, so it wasn't too dark, and he didn't bother turning them on because he just wanted to take a leak and thought it wouldn't take long. A janitor was inside mopping the floor and asked him, you are using the bathroom in the dark? And while he waited to point out that the janitor was also mopping in the dark, uh, he just said yes and finished his business, said bye, walked out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Any predictions here? That is a ghost janitor. The janitor never existed. Yeah, okay. Wait, no, the bathroom's a ghost. The bathroom's, bathroom's a, ghost. a ghost, and clearly. That'd be a very useful ghost. I would love to have just a ghost bathroom pop up whenever I needed one. I feel like that's a yokai that if I presented it at a creepier <laughs> cool, y'all would be like, no, Julia, this is terrible. I'd be like, no, but he pops up whenever you need him. I, I think that is awesome. So this teacher then immediately saw the very same janitor mopping the floor outside the bathroom. Oh, oh, doppelganger ghost, no. When he confronted the janitor, the janitor just said that he hadn't been inside at all. And when the teacher turned around to check the bathroom again, it was completely empty. empty. Of course. I thought I was going to be gone. I thought I was going to be right. There was no bathroom. (laughs) There was no bathroom. It was actually just a closet. Oh, no. It smells like urine. Oops. Oops. I think it might just be a real fast janitor. 
<laughs> it's real quick, real nimble. It's real just quick. the flash is a day job. All right, one more creepy toilet story and then two non-toilet stories to close out. Fantastic. Well, that's what you think. <laughs> All right. Sometime in 2015, question mark, the person who shared the story said anyone who entered campus that year would most likely be familiar with this iconic story. Uh-oh. It stated that the toilet in question is in building C, but again, didn't specify the floor because they didn't want to scare anyone. Uh, now, person, you instead have scared everyone who uses any bathroom in building C mm-hmm. instead of specifying the one that is haunted. Yes, because then people can avoid it. They shared that in the third stall, someone saw a girl in white squatting on the toilet. Menu, this is a, a seated toilet, not a squat toilet. So the girl in white was on the toilet bowl and like decided to squat there. She was reciting, wait for it, a Catholic prayer over and over. A lot of people saw her, including some teachers, but eventually she just stopped appearing. If she does appear, it's always the same story. Squatting in the third stall, reciting a prayer over and over, wild hair partially covering her face. But even through the curtain of hair, you can see her haunting eyes staring deep into you. I thought when you said a lot of people saw it, it was like she was there and then someone saw it and they ran to get a teacher. And then the teacher (laughs) came back and she was still there and then they both saw it and then like multiple people came by and it was like the same incident. Julia, do you remember in the, A, like how great that third floor girls bathroom was by like the chemistry labs? Yes, it was good. It was always clean and it didn't smell like weed or poop. Except uh, when in senior year, people kept starting fires. Oh, yes. I remember that happened. There was like an arsonist uh, our our senior year. The kid probably was going through some trouble. Um, But there were a lot of trash can fires in the bathrooms and all of us were like, "Mm, sounds right. Mm-hmm. Yep, checks out. Some just like un- unexpressed rage, unhealthily expressed rage. Well, to close out this bathroom ghost, um, as you ran away, her voice will chase you until you're back in your classroom. So oh, no. maybe this ghost is just really into like punctuality and, and like anti-truancy. And like not wanting to, uh, just not wanting you to skip class just because you're not feeling it for the day. So two more campus ghosts here. One, there is a lady in red who haunts a certain floor, again, of building C. It's basically like a co-working space for uni students who have startups. So it's not used for classes, has like an open design, lots of plants. Sounds very pleasant. But the lady in red floats while singing and has spooked many students who have to run back down and just like not go to that floor at all. Someone shared that a girl once got possessed in the green screen room in building B. Oh, okay. Um, there's a lot the to unpack there. The best room to get possessed in. Easily the best room to get possessed in. Think about all the great things you could put on the green screen. Yeah. After the possession. Very good. Very good. So someone was talking with another person in the TV studio room, also in building B, and then realized that they were completely alone. Nope. Don't like it. Don't like it. Building A is the office building, so we don't have a lot of stories there, but there's a big hall that's often used for events. One time, students decided to open a horror house there for free. Sure. And some visitors told them they loved it because the committee were very dedicated. They didn't expect them to have a very convincing decoration of shadow people hanging upside down from the ceiling. (sighs) Spoilers, the committee didn't, in fact, put up those decorations. Obviously not. It'd be too easy. And then finally, a personal uh, experience from Eve here to close us out. In the D building with my friend, we were going to our 8 a.m. class on the sixth floor. It was early and we were the first to get there. So my friend took our usual seats while I dawdled by the door. They have this like circular design with the classrooms along the rim of the circle of the floor and then two classes in the center of the circle and a hallway separating those two. Okay. We were in the center room. I was walking to my seat from the door my friend and I came in from when I caught a glimpse of a figure in white that I couldn't really see details about staring into the class from the window of the other door. They had super long, messy hair that jutted out everywhere and covered their face, so I couldn't tell if they were staring at my friend and me or not. Regardless, they're there, and that's creepy. Um, Mm -hmm. The figure disappeared pretty much immediately, and I had to backtrack and squint at the window because I wasn't sure what I saw. I've always felt weird whenever I go into the D building's toilets ever since, like someone staring at me the moment I step foot into the bathroom. This experience also reminds me of another Instagram story where someone said their friend saw a figure almost as tall as the D building standing by it when they drove over the campus at like 3 or 4 a.m. Oh, giant ghosts worse somehow. Giant ghosts bad. 
I wonder if the gigantic figure is the same as the figure in white that I saw, because I've heard people saying that some spirits may appear large to some people, but very small for others, which I hadn't heard before. And I think that's really neat. Yeah. Mm. I like that. Do you guys ever get that feeling before you like fall asleep where you're either really big or really tiny? No. No. This is the thing that I get. It's very weird. Tell me more. I could I, I could also like kind of like force it like to happen, but like I can like make myself feel very tiny or very big. It's very weird. Huh. I wonder that if sounds you're really sweet. I wonder if you're like capable of uh what's it called? Lucid dreaming. I've never been able to to lucid dream. I there was a point when like people were really talking about lucid dreaming online right. where I was like, I'll try it and it did not do anything. But yeah, I can like I feel I can feel like this thing where it's like I can feel like all the walls like encasing like around it's very strange. Sometimes it happens just it just happens, but sometimes I can like do it. It's weird. Interesting. Brains are so interesting. Brains yeah. are weird. I love it. And Eve just closes out by saying, the people in my country often are superstitious. And I personally believe that when spirits hang around people who believe they're real, they get a little bit closer to the living world and can affect the living more easily. I think that's valid. Love your podcast. I hope I can get half as creepy and cool as you guys. Eve, I think you are there. Absolutely. You're good. You've you filled out your max of creepy and also cool. So those are some bathroom ghosts. I love it. Eric, do you mind if I go next so we can close out on your Eric safe story? I don't All right. because I have an Eric safe story. Aha, thank you. <laughs> uh, so this story is from Luke and the subject line is, I, a 28-year-old man, ran into my mommy and daddy's room because of the banshee. Aw. I saw this one it in, the, in the inbox. Okay. So I wanted to tell you a story about the time a banshee or something similar visited my neighborhood. I'm currently a 28-year-old man living in Savannah, Georgia, while I attend art school, but I was born and raised in San Antonio, Texas. I am disappointed to say that nothing spooky has happened to me while living in Savannah, but last year something strange did happen while I was visiting home for the holidays. One night I woke up at around 3 a.m. to the sound of a woman screaming bloody murder in the distance. Oh? At first I didn't think anything of it because I often wake up to what sounds like someone yelling or saying my name. That's not good, bud. That's not good. Okay. No, it's not. It doesn't frighten me anymore because I figured out they are remnants of my dreams. Anyways, I was in bed half asleep until I heard the scream again. It sounded like it was coming from further down the street. I, I laid in bed trying to decide what I should do. Is it a domestic dispute? Do I call the cops? Should I go out there and see if I can help? If I do go out there, what should I take to defend myself? Can my electric fly swatter double as a taser? I mean, try it. Thinking practically, I appreciate that. Yeah. As I was trying to devise a plan, I heard the screams getting closer, and I assumed she might be running down the street. That was until I heard the scream come from my backyard. No. Bam. The only window in my room looks out onto the backyard, so naturally I panic and play possum under my sheets as I listened intently. From far away, the screaming sounded like a woman being chased by an axe murderer, but as it got closer, the screaming had this weird tone to it that didn't seem human, which made it so much more frightening. I remember hearing one scream flying over my house and another fly right past my window. My bed is right by the window. After the longest five minutes of my life, I started to hear the screaming further away towards the main road. I waited another 10 minutes for good measure, smart, good choice, then got up and ran to my parents' room like I did when I was eight. They said they didn't hear anything. Later in the morning, I talked to my sister, whose room was next to mine, and she said she didn't hear anything either. I know I'm a light sleeper, and the sounds of my phone vibrating on silent wakes me up, but still. My parents chalked it up to an owl hunting, and the logical side of my brain accepted it. After listening to your podcast, though, I find the more romantic part of my brain chooses to believe that it was San Antonio's resident screaming ghost woman. I thought it could be a banshee or La Llorona, but she definitely was screaming, not crying. Love you guys, and we'll let you know if anything spooky happens to me in Savannah before I graduate. Whoa. Excellent. Excellent, Luke. That just straightforward to the punch. Love it. Um, I'm thinking, like, coyotes a thing in Texas? Coyotes sound like screaming, right? 
Coyotes are all over the place. Okay. Fair enough. Be careful. Be careful out there, people. There's coyotes. Yeah, there's coyotes. I would feel very blessed if I heard an owl hunting, though. Yes. Even if it's creepy. You, you and I are big owl babes. Oh, yeah. Speaking of big owl babes, I, this is not my story. Okay. But we were, me and Kelsey were in the middle of nowhere, Illinois, for a wedding a few months ago. And the cabin we were staying at was like truly, truly middle of nowhere. No lights, dirt roads just out Uh-oh. there in the boondocks and when we took one turn down down a hill there was just an owl in the road and it just flew off and it was very cool and spooky and that's that's my owl story i love it what a what a good lad i'm gonna end this story though okay with not an owl story i'm pretty sure there's not an owl in it right. uh, cannot cannot guarantee any owls this comes to us from kayla and they write hey y'all my name is kayla what's up i'm writing to y'all from Homa, Louisiana. That's about 45 minutes south of New Orleans. Yes, there are places south of New Orleans. That's good that she wrote that because I was like, mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything south of New Orleans. Nope, there Apparently are. there is. I just wanted to write you and tell you all about an urban legend we down here call the Ragaroo is how I'm going to pronounce it. And I hope that that's correctly. It's sort of like Bigfoot and a werewolf combined. Yes. Excellent. Tell me more. A few stories of why you would see the ragaroo would be the parents or grandparents of young children used to say, if you don't listen to them, the ragaroo is going to come take you while you're sleeping and hang you from the trees in the swamp by your toes. Or for the really Catholic religious people, because they have a lot down there, it would be for the Catholics who don't follow the rules of Lent and the ragaroo would come and take them and then hang them from the cypress trees by their toes. I, I'm interested that the the Catholics get a more specific tree than everyone yeah. else. <laughs> yeah. They used to say the way to avoid the ragaroo was to put 13 objects in your doorway. Small objects because the people who turn into the ragaroo could not count past the number 12. <laughs> And instead of just entering a home and taking a child, they would just continue to try and count the objects because it would confuse them. Okay, okay. I'm hoping that this isn't like based on some weird like dismissal of uneducated people, but continue. Even though this is a very old urban legend, there are still reported sightings of the creature and... My stepdad has said that he has a distant encounter with the ragaroo where he and his cousin were hunting and they heard what sounded similar to a wolf howl and looked up to see glowing eyes staring at them from between the trees. And They just sat there very, very quietly until the sun came up. I think in that situation, that's the smart move. Like, so we talked about... um... team ignorance versus not uh, in our last Urban Legends episode. And I feel like in that situation, you don't want to run away from a potential predator because they will just chase after you and then you will lose. You will lose that fight. But with ghosts, I'm I'm all for getting the fuck out of there when it comes to ghosts. Ghosts can't run. They can just float menacingly toward you, though. Mm-hmm. During Halloween time, our little town of Homa does a ragaroo festival where everyone gathers and we have a parade and it's just our way for our community to come together. I want to go. The Audubon Zoo in Nola also has a ragaroo exhibit. Incredible. So yeah. I want to go to and learn about New Orleans from folks who are from there so bad. Yes. So listen, if you work in any kind of venue in New Orleans, email us. We are going to perform in Boston because a conspirator was like, I work at a museum and you should come here. And we are. So hit us up. And if you're someone who is from New Orleans and knows a lot about the history or have personal experiences, email us and I would love to talk to you. Absolutely. I would love that so, 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 so much. I've never been to New Orleans and I want to go real bad. I want to eat all the shellfish, the beignets. Well, I feel like uh, we really went through it this episode, everybody. We did. It's a wide gambit of things. Did any other um, childhood chains, Eric, have ball pits that we don't know about? I don't. I don't think so. Okay. Okay. All of your guys' Pizza Hut had ball, ball pits, right? <laughs> I think no. you're you're mocking I'm, us. I'm jo- now. Okay. I'm joking. Good. Julia clearly was like, "Hold the fucking door!" <laughs> <laughs> like your eyebrows went real high. The Pizza Huts were not big enough to have ball pits. We did once, um, my dad did like a competition outside of Pizza Hut once in Saranac, New York, where it was like one of those glass cubes with money. Um, Oh, and they float the money around. You have to grab the money. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, just like went in there and grabbed the money. And then we like got a lot of pizza at Pizza Hut. Sweet. 
So, you know, be careful if you're in this college uh, in Building C and see some ghosts. Just back out, go to class, and don't cut. Yeah. Or any woods, it sounds like. We got we got some children. We got a ragaroo. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff out there in the woods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and rip the blockbuster ball pit. Yeah. <laughs> Such a shame. Such a loss. <laughs> well, remember, stay creepy. Stay cool. Be kind. Rewind. Thanks again to our sponsors. At thirdlove.com slash spirits, you can get 15% off your bra purchase. At Skillshare.com slash Spirits 2, you can get two free months of Skillshare Premium. And AcousticGeometry.com is your source for anything to do with your room's acoustics. Spirits was created by Amanda McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Eric Schneider, with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Keep up with all things creepy and cool by following us at Spirits Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr. We also have all of our episode transcripts, guest appearances, and merch on our website, as well as a form to send us your urban legends at spiritspodcast.com. Join our member community on Patreon, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast for all kinds of behind the scenes stuff. Just $1 gets you access to audio extras with so much more available too. Recipe cards, director's commentaries, exclusive merch, and real physical gifts. We are a founding member of Multitude, a collective of independent audio professionals. If you like spirits, you will love the other shows that live on our website at multitude.productions. And above all else, if you liked what you heard today, please share us with your friends. That is the very best way to help us keep on growing. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.